church if we can make our way back to our seats as we get ready to step into the presence of the Lord but before we start can we scream a huge happy Father's Day to those fathers out there being fathers thank you God happy Father's Day to you dads out there thank you 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 
So we're going to keep it quick and simple today. If we can make our way back to our seats. So we got our normal announcements on Monday. Monday we have our Celebrate Recovery. This is for anybody with any hang-up, hurt, or habit, struggling with anything. Anything. It doesn't have to be a drug. It can be a problem. It can be a situation. This is for anybody that needs help with anything. We also have on our Wednesday nights, we have our Bible study. This is for, this is for everybody here in the church, everybody here outside of the church. Uh, our pastor will be speaking the message today. If you guys have any questions or any answers or just anything that just struck your mind, come Thursday. Ask questions. He loves questions. He loves to be challenged. He wants it, right? That's what it is. He wants to teach you the word. You got to ask questions. If you don't ask, you won't receive, right? So if you guys have any questions today, have anything going on when we preach, when he preaches his message, Wednesday, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock. Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Yeah, I thought that's what I said. Sorry. All right, uh... We don't have anything going on. Uh, we have our mission trip guys taking off, right? They're taking off in a week. And give them guys prayers for that. Uh, they're going to do a huge thing over in California. They're going to have fun. They're going to have a blast. Ten people, I think, are going over there to, to, to make a change in that community and in that situation. So be praying on that. Uh, Friday night services will start back up. Remember, we're once every month. So July, something. First, first Friday of July. It will be our Friday night. Will be our Friday night service. We will be tuning back in. So you guys got a week. There's one week left in June. And I just want to give you guys a reminder. But before we start today and step into the presence of God, Evan has a song for us. He's going to speak this morning. Then we're going to enter in prayer. Just allow our Lord to just move in this in this place. Good morning, guys. So I'm going to read out of Psalm 100. And just prepare our hearts for the service today. Lord, we just, we surrender this whole day to you, Lord. We come here because we're thankful. We come here because we're hungry for you and because we desire you, Lord. This is your service, Lord, and prepare our hearts, Lord. We want to receive something from your word today, God. We need your anointing today in this service. So we come, Lord, to begin by just sitting at your word right now. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, and his loving devotion endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations every generation every generation let's just take a moment right here let's just lift up our praise and our thanks to god right now in our own in our own voices thank you lord thank you that we have breath in our lungs today thank you that we have food we have we have shelter god we have shoes on our feet lord we have running water lord god thank you that we can eat three meals a day or more god it's not like that everywhere thank you you were merciful to us before we even wanted anything to do with you, God. You are good. You are faithful. And we come with joy. There's joy in salvation. 
And if we're heavy today, all we have to do is put on a garment of praise, and that spirit has to go in the name of Jesus. We thank you for authority, Lord, that we can trample on serpents, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you. Let's just give thanks one more time. Make a joyful shout, a joyful shout to God.
Worthy 
God, just thank you for this time together, Lord, showing us your love in so many ways, Father. So many ways. Your love is what changes us. Your love is what makes us new, Lord. And I just thank you for dying on that cross for us, Father. We are nothing without you. We can't see, we can't hear, we can't speak without you, Lord. So, Father, as it's time and service, Father, I ask that you open our minds up to you so that we can be slow to speak, slow to talk, slow to answer until we hear on you, Father. As we wait on your word, as we wait on your strength, as we wait on your power, Lord, fill us up and build us up. Allow us to continue to just be living our life on your foundation, Father, and just to continue to just keep putting you first. We're not perfect. None of us are perfect, Father, but you're worth it. You're worth everything. You're worth every sacrifice. You're worth every dream. You're worth, you're worth every hope. Father, you're the way maker. You're the dream maker. You're the promise keeper. You're the one that's going to lead us to the place that we want to go. So I just thank you for just doing that for us. So, Father, open these ears so that these people can hear this morning. And allow them to just seek and hear you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys may be seated. So good to be in the house of the Lord. It's going to be a beautiful day today. It's going to be a beautiful day. You guys made the right decision. You started in the right place here at New Hope. Lives are changed here. God changes people's lives right here each and every week. We'll go ahead and we'll take today's offering. If I could have our ushers come forward, please. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. We talked a lot about how Jesus came not to build a religion, but to build a kingdom. He said the kingdom is at hand. And so when you understand the kingdom, you understand that within a kingdom, there's laws that function, that govern the way that that kingdom operates. And one of the laws in the kingdom is that there is a law of divine reciprocity. And what he says here is that you give and it will be given back to you. So in other words, when we give, when we're generous, when we show that God that we can be trusted with little, then he'll begin to trust us with much. When we sow a seed in the ground, if we, if any of you guys got gardens, you take a seed, you put it in the ground, it reaps a harvest. You take money, you put it in the bank, right? It gives you interest. but. A lot of people approach the things of God and they're just like, all right, God, give me more money. Help me get a new car. Help me to get a new car payment. Help me to get this. I need a bigger house. I need a better job. I need this. I need that. And so it's like just a, this one way thing. And then you're wondering why, you know, you're just staying stuck on the same level. And the Bible says, give and it will be given to you. The same measure that you give with will be measured back to you. So a lot of people talk about this whole thing about, well, 
you know, what about tithing? Is that, you know, is that in the old covenant? Is it in the new? You know what? How much should you give? How much do you want to be blessed? You, you get to decide. You get to decide how much you want God to be blessed based on your giving. Give and it will be given to you. The measure you give will be measured back to you. And I can tell you this one thing. I can tell you, you will never outgive God. You're not, it's not going to be like, see, God, I got you this time. I gave that much in church. I knew I could give more. He's got more than you got. But as you're generous, then you become a blessable person and you become a ble- you put yourself in a blessable place. Let's just pray. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for all that you've given us, our life, our freedoms, everything that we have, our children. Lord, we give a special shout out and a special thanks for the fathers that gave us life. Lord, I thank you for all the, the, the men in here. Lord, I pray that you would just bless their lives, the fathers, the grandfathers, even the great grandfathers, Lord, that you would, you would bless them today, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that, um, that you are a good father that provides for all of our needs, Lord. So I thank you, Lord, for each person that gives, Lord, I pray that you would just multiply that seed and that you would give them the harvest that would provide everything that they would need in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can go ahead and. Take the offering. But Rich, that's a true servant right there. He's not letting anything hold him back. Praise God. I'll grab some things. I, I got a couple quick announcements before we get into today's message. Really do believe that I got a word from the Lord that's going to help you guys today. But uh, just a couple things that I wanted to touch on, um, on your bulletins, it talks about that next uh, Wednesday that, that we're going to have a uh, caricature class. It's going to be kind of a fundraiser. We've kind of bumped that back a month to, I want to say, July 13th, and it's actually going to be on a Thursday instead of a Wednesday, so it doesn't interfere with Bible study. And um, uh, I don't know if he's here today. He's gone a lot of weekends, but there's a guy that comes to our church, and his name's Brian. And he makes a full-time living doing caricatures. Um, so he's gone a lot of weekends in the summer at these different festivals. And some of you guys that maybe came to our Valentine's Day dinner have, had met him. So we're going to have an evening. Um, it's going to be a fundraiser for the church. But um, basically, you know, you're going to come. There, we're going to have a dinner. We're going to be selling tickets in the back next week. But we'll have a dinner for everybody. He's going to give a quick class on... Um, you know, how to draw caricatures, and then you and I or whoever's going to come that night, we're going to draw caricatures together. So you're going to draw a couple different ones of different people, and, and it'll be a really fun night out, you know, just to get everybody together, do something a little bit, you know, um, something that, that you don't do all the time, um, have a good meal and have a good fellowship, and, you know, go ahead and, and help out with all the ministries that we have going on. Um, at the church. Also, I wanted to uh, just remind us that um, next Sunday, we have Bruce Latibue. I always mess up his last name, but uh, Bruce Latibue from Children's Rescue Initiative um, will be here speaking on Sunday. So try not to miss next Sunday. Um, 
just an amazing guy with an amazing story. He's the founder and director of Children's Rescue Initiative, which seeks to free people around the world from uh, human slavery, um, people working in brick kilns and all kind of inhumane child labor and brothels and child trafficking. And I mean, this guy is the real deal. I mean, boots on the ground, driving vans into places where, you know, these slaves are working and just taking people back and, and um, allowing them to get healed and get back in their life. So not only will it be interesting, informative, and I think life-changing for us to hear from him, um, I also want to take an offering to bless him. So um, we're going to take our regular offering um, in church and then um, we're going to take a second offering. So, you know, just pray about what the Lord would have you give to sow into. I mean, what could be a more worthwhile cause than freeing people out of slavery? Like who, who thought that like in this day and age that like slavery is more prevalent than it ever has been in human history before? And a lot of those people are Christians and Muslim nations that are enslaved because, you know, according to the Quran, you know, they're allowed to enslave people who, who aren't Muslim. And so that's our brothers and sisters in Christ who are being abused. And this is a real guy that you can meet. This isn't something that you watch on TV or, you know, you'll get to know him, talk to him, and it's going to be a worthwhile cause. So I'm believing that you know, we can really bless their ministry and that we can be an ongoing partner uh, in the things that he's doing there. Um, and I know I have one other thing. Oh, so the missions trip, so the missions trip to the LA Dream Center, we're gonna be leaving um, uh, next Monday, we'll be leaving. And so um, we were gonna open the, the church up, Trey had mentioned to be in prayer, but we're gonna open up the church that week to have prayer here. Uh, Monday through Saturday. And so um, if you'd like to come, if you could pick a day or two where you could fast and, and, and just pray for the missions team that uh, God's gonna use us all in a, in a mighty way. A lot of people are going on their first missions trip ever. So it'll be a blessed time. Um, and so I'll need a couple people uh, to volunteer to take certain days. Nancy has already volunteered to take Monday, so she got the ball rolling. And all you have to do is just show up, make sure the church is open, and then just lead everybody in prayer, uh, however the Lord would see you fit. So if you can pick one day next week, you don't have to have any special qualifications. All you got to do is just have a willing heart, be willing to drive down here and, and pray and and say, you know what, even if nobody else is going to show up that night, I'm going to be here and I'm going to pray for the team. So if you can volunteer for that, um, one of two ways, you can email me. My email is really easy. It's pastorrickthornhill at gmail.com. It's all one word, pastorrickthornhill at gmail.com. Just say, hey, I'd like to take a night or I'll take another night. Or you can just messenger me on Facebook. If you don't know how to email or messenger me on Facebook, I don't know what to tell you. Because if you just tell me like right after service when, you know, when, when I'm kind of floating in the anointing and I'm drunk in the spirit, I'm not going to remember. So I'm going to need you to do it one of those two ways and hopefully we'll get some people that will step up and you can pray for us and we'll have lots of testimonies the week that we come back. So um, anyway, you guys ready for the word today? 
I was, I, I got to preach at uh, one of our sister churches up in uh, Bradford, PA, uh, New Life um, Foursquare Church, um, up in, you know, almost all the way into New York, right by the New York border, um, up in the, the mountains, the Allegheny National Forest. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a great time. Um, love the people, awesome people, but honestly, there's no place like home, amen? I'm like, you know, it, it's just, there's just a certain environment. There's just a certain move of the Holy Spirit. There's just a certain openness, I think, that, you know, just our praise and our prayers and just a culture that we created that really I, I just, you know, when I have to travel and I, and I will occasionally because, you know, I'm also an area pastor for Foursquare, so I help oversee uh, like 10 other churches, but I, I don't want to, like, I never want to leave. Like I always just want to be here. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was a blessed time, but I'm so happy uh, to be with you guys today. I'm, I'm going to have a message um, about when God seems distant. When you have one of those seasons in your life, when, when God seems distant, when he seems far away from, from you. And so um, I, I'll get into it and I'll explain what that is. But if you guys could just bow your heads and we're just going to pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I am so thankful for this morning and I'm so thankful for this message. Lord, and I pray right now that, that this message, that, that these words would be life, that they would be power, that they would be light. Lord, that they would break strongholds. Lord, that if there's somebody here today, maybe they, they feel not in a good place. Lord, I pray that you would lift them out by the power of the Holy Spirit today. I pray that you would anoint me to preach and teach your word. I pray that you would give the people ears to hear and hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, around the church uh, doing the, the church maintenance, um, pretty much like all our tools now are electric. So we have electric lawnmowers, we have electric blowers, we have electric weed whackers and you know, at first, I, I didn't know how well that they were going to work. So I'm thinking of like, you know, the old kind of electric mowers that like your grandma would have that like kind of you're running like a 80 foot extension cord and they don't really cut, you know, and, and I'm thinking that's what they're going to be like. But, you know, technology's come a far way and these tools are like really, really nice and you don't have to worry about you know, do we have enough gas and do we have the right mixed gas? And if it goes through the winter, we didn't drain all the old gas out of there. And so the carburetor's all gummed up. Like, we don't have to worry about none of that. You just hit a button. You know, it's not like with the weed whackers, we're like, you know, like pulling it like a hundred times to like get it started. Like nothing, you hit a button, boom, it starts up, works perfectly, pretty heavy duty, strong. Um, so. Uh, they work out really good, but, you know, they have batteries, and so they have limits. So after a while, you're doing it, and all of a sudden, like, it's like, and then just things just, just wind down, right? And there's nothing really wrong with them. It's just, they just, you just need to take those batteries, and you need to plug them into the power source, and once they get powered and they get recharged, you stick them back in, and they're kind of just good as new. You and I can kind of be like those, you know, those tools. I mean, we're, 
you know, you're perfectly fine, things are going along good and, and you're doing well, then all of a sudden you just feel like you just begin to kind of run down and the things that you used to be able to do before, you just can't do them anymore and you just kind of seem disconnected and you seem like you don't have a lot of energy and you don't have a lot of motivation for the things of God. And it almost seems to you that God is, is far away, that, that, that God is, is distant. And because God feels distant, then we feel disconnected from our power source because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He didn't say that he has life. He says that he is life. He is the very source of life. The life that we have, we get from God. And he also has this interesting parable in John 15 that he talks about that, that, that I'm the vine and you are the branches. That we're these branches that are connected to a vine, just like if you see a big tree and the, the branches come off. And, and as long as we're connected to the vine, then, that, then we have life and we have joy and we have happiness and, and we have peace and, and, and we have power. All our nutrients in our life comes through, right, up through the roots, through the vine and, and into us. And he says that, you know, if without me, you can't do anything. That, that if, you, if I take a, a branch and I, and, and I break it off from the tree and, and throw it on the ground, that branch will just wither up. That branch isn't going to bud. It's not going to grow any new leaves or anything because it, it's been disconnected. It's been kind of broke off. So what do we do in those seasons where we kind of feel like that withered up branch? And listen, I get it. You know, I know right now there's some people, right? Well, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like that ever. And I understand it. I get it. We're faith people. We walk by faith. We stand on God's promises. We speak faith, right? That's, that's what we're all about. But I know this from just dealing with family issues. And when I say family, I'm talking about church family dealing with a lot of people's issues over the years and, and being close to somebody and knowing what they go through, there are times and there are seasons where people feel disconnected from God. They feel almost like that, that the heavens are glass, that, that, that their prayers aren't even working. And, and I can tell you that I've had seasons of my own when God seems distant. I mean, I... I for me, those times generally don't last long, but guess what? They're dark, they're very dark, and they can be scary because you can feel very vulnerable in those seasons. You can do a lot of stupid things in those seasons when you have a, a season where you feel disconnected and you feel like God doesn't hear you or you don't feel the same passion that you did for God before. That can kind of lead you into so, some dark places. And maybe some of you have felt like that. Maybe you've experienced those, those seasons. Charles Spurgeon, who was this famous preacher from England, he used to call it the dark night of the soul. Some of you may feel like that right now. You may be having those seasons. You're, you're here at church, but really you're, you're going through a struggle. God feels distant to you, I mean, let's be honest, life can be difficult at times. 
Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And the reality of it is, is that every one of us is just one phone call away from our lives being turned upside down. You know, that, that day, that, uh, that, day that, that, that Trey got shot, you guys know the story, God worked a miracle. But that day that that happened, it was the perfect day. It was a beautiful day like today. It was Pastor Appreciation Day, right? I, I had a big offering. I had so much money in my pocket, my pocket could barely hold it. Everybody was here. Everybody was happy. We had, a, we had this awesome meal afterwards. People were having fun. It was like the best day ever. And then all of a sudden, just in a split second, everything changed. You start to wonder, like, God, how could you let that happen? We know now that even in the midst of the darkness, God was there. Amen. And some of you, maybe you're in a place where you feel like, you know, I'm never going to have a time where God feels distant, you know, to me. Because, you know, you're God's man or woman of, of faith and, and power. But if I read the Bible, I see powerful men and women of God having those moments. And, you know, me having to oversee pastors and be a pastor to pastors, I mean, I've, I've, I've had to sit there and talk with pastors who battle these feelings that God feels distant from them. And they're up in the pulpit and they're preaching faith and nobody in their church really knows what's going on. But inside they're struggling and they're having their own struggles with their own families and their own faith. And they need somebody to talk to. So I know that there's people that, that love the Lord and walk with the Lord. But they'll still have those seasons where God feels distant. Maybe they feel like, you know what, maybe I, you know, you, you can get in this place where you feel like you did something wrong and, and you didn't do everything right and, and all of a sudden you fell out of God's favor and now there's all this fear that's coming into your life. You know, even Mother Teresa, I was reading about her and I mean, this woman loved the Lord. She heard from the Lord and, and she gave her life to decades of, of ministering to people in the poorest slums of India, like the poorest of the poor in India, like the poorest person in America is like rich compared to these people, like the poorest of the poor in the very poorest slums. And, and these are some of the letters, some of the quotes that she wrote. She said, I am told God lives in me. And yet the reality of darkness and coldness and emptiness is so great that nothing touches my soul. She also said this, she said, I want God with all the power of my soul. And yet between us, there is a terrible separation. She also said that heaven from every side is closed. And in the Bible, there's great men and women of God who felt similar. John the Baptist, he was, you know, th this, this great prophet. Jesus said he was the greatest prophet that ever was under the Old Testament of all time. He was predicted by Isaiah. He had a supernatural birth. I mean, this was a man of God. But, but when he was in prison by, by the king, when he got placed in prison, he sent messengers from jail to go ask Jesus, are you really the one or should we be looking for another one? Down in that prison, he probably felt like, you know what, it's not supposed to be this way. How can I be this messenger? 
Yet, here I am in prison. Are you really the one? Even John the Baptist, who who was at Jesus' baptism, who saw the Holy Spirit descend, who saw the Father speak from heaven, even John the Baptist had moments of doubt. King David slayed Goliath. The whole army of Israel was scared of Goliath, but, but, but King David stepped up as a young boy with a sling and a stone and slayed the giant. But if you read the Psalms, he wrote things in there like, God, I feel like I'm drowning. The, the sin, that he felt that his sin had overtaken him. He said that he was panting like, like a deer for the, the presence of God, and he asked God to not hide his face from him. The prophet Jeremiah, who had these amazing and powerful visions, this this powerful prophet of God, was known as the weeping prophet because he cried so much. Have you ever been so broken that every time you try to talk that you just start to cry? I've been there. It's not a good place to be. Every time you talk, you just just start crying because you're just so broken. And today we're going to look at one of Uh, The other most powerful prophets in the Bible, a guy by the name of Elijah. And we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 19. But in order to understand where we're going to be at, we have to kind of understand some of the background. So if you can journey with me back to about 900 years before the birth of Jesus to a time when the kingdom of Israel was what was ruled by one of the most wicked kings ever a guy by the name of ahab and his wife was a wicked woman by the name of jezebel and jezebel was such a wicked queen she she killed the prophets of god she took anything that she wanted but she's such a wicked woman that most people believe that there's still a Jezebel spirit that attacks the church, that attacks the people of God. Because in the book of Revelation, there's a church that's rebuked because they tolerated the Jezebel spirit. But this was kind of the, the, original, the original Jezebel. And, and so this king was so wicked. And, and they had some bad kings at that time. But the Bible says that he did more wicked things in the eyes of God. And the most wicked thing that he did is he led the, 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 who was supposed to be God's people. He led them all into worshiping false gods, pagan gods. And, and these were all gods that were brought in by his wife, Jezebel. So the person that, the the country that is supposed to be God's blessed people, that's supposed to be the people of God, that's supposed to be the shining light for the kingdom of Israel, has some of the most wicked people ruling. And so God raises up this powerful prophet by the name of of Elijah, and, and he empowers him to go confront Ahab and Jezebel and begin to just confront their wickedness in an order to bring Israel back to a place of holiness and righteousness. And at one point, he rebukes them and says, you know what, because you're wicked, it's not going to rain anymore in the country. And guess what? It didn't rain for three years. And then he summons all these false prophets of all these false gods who sit at Jezebel's table to kind of a spiritual duel. 
He said, I'll come all by myself. You bring all the prophets of Baal, that was a pagan foreign god, and the prophets of Ashtoreth, another pagan goddess of, of fertility. He said, you know what? You bring all these people out, bring all the people of the kingdom, and we will call down to our gods, and the one who shoots fire down from heaven, we will truly know is God. And so they agreed to it. So Elijah comes out, all the 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 false prophets of Baal and, and this other god, Asherah, come out and they begin to, he said, all right, I'll let you guys go first. And he kind of sits down and, and they began dancing and chanting and do whatever worshipers of Baal and Asherah did during that day to call upon their God. Nothing happens, nothing happens. They keep going, nothing happens. Finally, Elijah says, all right, now it's my turn. And Elijah walks up. He builds an altar, rebuilds an altar. He offers up a sacrifice. He calls fire down from heaven and fire comes down from heaven and sucks up the sacrifice. And at that moment, everybody knew that Yahweh was the one true God and that their nation had fallen into idolatry. And Elijah said, you know what? Don't let any of those prophets get away. And they killed all of the prophets of the false religion right there and then. And the nation kind of got away from that and came back to a belief in the one true God. Quite a victory, right? But unfortunately, even though there was a very decisive war, one, or, or a decisive battle won, the war wasn't over. And this is where we're gonna pick up the story because Jezebel hears what happens, and this is where we're going to pick up 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1. We're going to be reading uh, a decent amount of scripture today, but we'll stop and kind of make some commentary here. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also, how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die, and he said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. So it, it was only a short time before that this man was literally calling fire down from heaven. And now he's tired and he just wants to die. I, I mean, I, I've, been, I've been tired and I want to take a nap. But it's a whole nother thing to be so tired that you want to die. And that's where he's at. I mean, it says that he ran from Jezebel. Like, why are you scared of, of, a, of a woman, queen, that clearly, you know, there was probably 800 false prophets that were there the day before. And they went down. God provided for them the whole time. How can, how can someone... 
have such a great victory over amazing odds, yet all of a sudden he's filled with all kind of doubt and fear? How can someone whose prayers are so powerful that they literally shut up heaven from raining and then when he prays it, it begins to rain again to, to have that? How can a man who experienced God's provision in such a powerful way that, that literally a raven was taking food off the king's table and bringing it to him in the wilderness, how can he now be having this dark night of the soul? But I'm going to tell you something. You can be very, very vulnerable after a spiritual victory. Very, very vulnerable. And I'm not sure if you have this great moment with the Lord or you accomplish this great thing. Maybe you go to church for the first time. Maybe you give your life to the Lord for the first time. Maybe you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you get baptized in water. Maybe you lead somebody to the Lord. Whatever it is, you have this great spiritual victory. And in that moment, after kind of the smoke clears, you are very vulnerable. And, and I'm not sure if all of a sudden there's a signal to the demonic realm that, you know what, this dude is serious or this guy is serious and things are happening, so we got we to gotta get after him. Or maybe it's just, you know, those, you sometimes just get these such spiritually high moments. They just, they take so much out of you physically. And, and God is going to begin to deal with Elijah to get him back on track. Say this to me. Say, I am getting back on track. Verse 5, it says, then as he lay and slept under a broom tree. Now, I've never heard of a broom tree before. It's just this big tree in the desert that has a covering. So to get out of that hot sun, it would have been a good spot that provided lots of shade. And so he lay and slept under a broom tree, and suddenly an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there was by his head a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank. He went in the strength of that for 40 days and 40 nights, as far as Horeb, to the mountain of God. This is the first thing I want to tell you. When you feel distant from God, check where you're at physically. Sometimes you've just been running so long and so hard and you're not taking care of yourself. You're not resting right. You're not eating right. You're eating hot dogs from A plus and those things that go around on the on the spick, whatever in the world they are, taquitos, and you're grabbing, who, Lord knows what's in those things. You better pray, you better thank God before you eat one of those that in the Bible it says that, you know, they will eat, uh, they will drink deadly things and it will not harm them. Like, you need to pray, like, Lord, like, guard my stomach in Jesus' name before I eat this toquito. Whatever in the world that is, I don't know. Just this thing rolling around, man. It's like, what is that? What's it made out of? I don't know. But anyway, the, the point is, is that, you know, your body, soul, and spirit, and every problem that you have needs to be dealt with on those three levels. And sometimes it's just 
life circumstances or just the grind of, of life. It's overextended us beyond our physical capability. And when we overextend ourselves, guess what? You begin to grow resentful. You begin to get cynical. You begin to love people with just a human love, which is very fickle. You lose your passion. And gradually you begin to hear his voice a little less clear. And I know for me that after I get done preaching, you know, if we have a powerful service and, and the anointing is on me and the anointing's flowing out of me, I am super depleted in the afternoon. And if I've been dealing with heavy stuff during the week, like, like funerals, intense delivery sessions, family issues, problems that, you know, financial issues, I mean, I can just get completely and totally fried. And you're going to have things in your life that just take a heavy emotional toll on you. And, and even though it doesn't seem that maybe what you're doing is, is physical, a lot of times things will take a big emotional, emotional things that you go through will take a heavy toll on your physical body. And I've had to come to a place in my life at 47 years old and a grandfather of two that I have limits in my life, right? God never sleeps or never slumbers. I need a nap, amen. I have limits in my life. And there was a time in my life that I ran that I, I just didn't feel like I had any limits. I can remember I used to tell people, man, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Not a good plan. Not a good plan for, for, for long term. And, and as spiritual people who love the Lord, who are full of the Holy Spirit, we can have a tendency to just spiritualize everything. You know what, man? You just got to pray more. You, you just, you just got to run out and go to this conference. If you just run out and go to this conference, then, then, then you'll feel better. You need, to just, you need to just read this book. But maybe sometimes you just need to recognize that, you know what, physically I am just depleted. I am just cooked. I am just done. It's affecting my relationship with everybody, and it's affecting my relationship with God. And maybe I just need to refresh and restore. Maybe my schedule is way too full. Maybe I'm doing way too much. Maybe I need a vacation. Maybe I need to figure out what pace of life I can actually run at. Because the first thing they did with Elijah, they didn't say, all right, Elijah, get out. We're going to give you a fresh feeling of the anointing. No, angel said, you know what? Arise and eat. Arise and eat. And then Elijah ate, he ate some angel food cake. And then he rested some more. And angel said, you know what, arise and eat. You need to eat, you don't have the strength to get to where God is taking you. And sometimes that's what you gotta do. Sometimes you just gotta, when you're feeling distant from God, physically you can just be really, really burnt out and really tired. And you need to figure out, it's not normal for you to just wake up every day just tired and just beat down and just, you know, get in the car and I owe, I owe, it's off to work, I go, you know, and you're just sitting in a parking lot like, I can't believe it. It's not normal to just be able to sleep on command, like as soon as you sit down, like you're just, 
knocked out because you're just so fried. Sometimes it's physically, you just got to take care of your body. You got to figure out what refreshes me. What do I need to relax? Sometimes you just need to clear the deck of, of, of all your schedule and say, you know what? Today, I, I just can't. I just need to rest. I just need to refresh. And guess what? There's always going to be people that are pulling at your time and needing you and needing this and needing that, needing this and needing that. Guess what? You know, even if you're on an airline, what do they tell you? They have them little oxygen masks that can pop up. You know what? You, you put on your own oxygen mask first. And I'm not saying to be selfish, but I am saying if you burn yourself out to a crisp, trying to, to do this and do that and do that and think that you're Superman or Superwoman, there's going to come a day where you're going to have a glorified body that's not going to get tired, that's not going to get wore down. But that's not today. You have one body. You have one tabernacle. You have one tent. It's your job to take care of it. And so sometimes when you feel distant from God, it's just that you need a rest, that you need to eat some good food, and you need to find a manageable pace to run at. Verse 9 says, There he went into a cave, and he spent a night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Verse 11, he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. This is my second point. When you feel distant from God, sometimes you need to clear the clutter and the noise out of your life. There was strong winds, there was earthquakes, there was fires, and guess what? They all competed for the voice of God in Elijah's life at that moment. And I would just ask you, what noises do you have in your life that are crowding out the voice of God for you? Noisy people who should be doing stuff for themselves, but instead, they're constantly pulling on you and constantly asking you to do stuff and constantly trying to get your attention. I'm all about helping people. I'm all about providing people. That's part of what this church is all about. But I'm not going to do stuff for people that they can do for themselves. And sometimes you have noisy people. And sometimes, you know what, there's people, they don't care if they burn you out at all. The old overseer of the men's home, J-Dub, he used to say, man, they'll, they'll, they'll take your last chip out of the bag and then they'll empty it out. They'll take your crumbs. They'll lick the side, get all the salt out and hand you back an empty bag. Because guess what? When you start saying no to them, they'll just find somebody else to use and then they'll burn them out. And then they'll burn somebody else out after that. And sometimes people are noisy because they seem so desperate and as Christians we love people and we have a heart for people and we want to help people and, and we, we worry about what if I don't do anything for them, what's going to happen to them? 
sometimes it's just noise. It's just noise. And their emergency isn't my emergency. I need to be hearing the voice of God. Sometimes it's just too much time spent on social media, looking at everybody's fake happy lives. You know, like if you don't think, I mean, I know that there's certain people that they put all their, be, all their business out there, right? And you, you know, they just don't care. But for the most part, most people, I mean, they're putting their best foot forward. They're not being like, here, I'm gonna do a story on my timeline. Me and my husband got into a fight and we're throwing things at each other. Let me put that on my timeline. <laughs> you know, that doesn't make the real. When they're dressed up and they're having the time of their life, I got a new car, you know, all this stuff, you know, went on this vape, went to the Bahamas. That all makes the timeline. And, and people can just spend their life being obsessed with, with social media. And sometimes for some people, man, it's just too much news, period. Listen, God wasn't in the fire or the earthquake. And guess what? He's not in Fox News either. And he's not in any of the news channels. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, we're coming into an election in 2024 that I feel will be noisier than any other election that we've seen before. Trust me. And I'm going to just give you guys all a piece of advice. Don't get caught up in it. You pray to God. You, you, vote for, you vote for our values, you vote for Christian values, you vote for the person that God tells you to vote for, but you raise your gaze above the noise. Don't get caught up in this. We serve another kingdom, amen, and our hope isn't in the Lord. And, and I know a lot of people, a, a lot of people that that's all they do, man. They got to watch news and they got to watch this and they got to listen to this guy on the radio and they got to listen to this and they're worried about, you know, the liberals and the liberal media and they're going to do this and they're going to do that and they're worried about the Illuminati and the deep state and all this other stuff. And, and, and But guess what? It might all be real, but God is still on the throne. And am I, and am I, am I eating from the tree of life or am I going to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Because you have your pick. I can eat from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. And guess what? I'll get all the knowledge of the evil that goes on in the world. There's plenty of it. And the rabbit hole goes darker than you and I could ever even imagine. But do I want to sit there and feed off that all the time? You know? Me living in Ambridge, can I really do something about George Soros take, trying to take over the world and trying to crash the dollar? No. God's still on the throne. I'm gonna, I need to clear out that noise sometimes. You know, I, I've had times in my life because I can get caught up in it and I'm listening to all this stuff and reading all this stuff, you know, and I know all this stuff and, and I'm totally like caught up in it. And then before you know it, you're paranoid and you're angry and all this other stuff. And guess what? That's not the Lord. And then I'll have time. I'll be like, oh my gosh, like, why am I getting so caught up? It's making me anxious. And I'll finally, I'll, I'll shut it all off. And guess what? You can shut all the news off in your house. Shut it all off for a month. See how much your life changes. It won't even change. It'll be the same. 
Oh, you know what? I got to be knowledgeable. I got to know. We got to know what's going on. We got to fight against it. I fight my battles on my knees, praying. I fight my battles out on the street, witnessing to people. I fight my battles here in my community where I can actually make a difference. And you know what? If we worry less about the noise of the news and worry about getting people saved, things will change. Things will change. Amen. Amen. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And sometimes the reason that we can't hear God's voice is because there's so much noise around us. You got to learn to just shut all that down and get into your secret place. Uh, This past weekend, I I went up to the mountains and I I preached at a church, but we have a cabin that's, that's pretty isolated from everything. It's uh, it's up in a national forest, and I have, I, I really have no phone service. So, like, sometimes, like, I'll get, like, text messages and emails. It'll just, like, come in at once, and then, like, it'll be gone again. So, I don't have any service. And so, I had, I had people messaging me all weekend long with seemingly very important things that I had to, I had to get to right then. But because I had no phone service, I mean, I couldn't call anybody. And guess what? Nobody died. Everybody survived. You know why? Because God's still on the throne. I don't hold the world together. You don't hold the world together. God holds the world together. So sometimes we need to just clear the clutter because God is always speaking, but he speaks in a still small voice. And we need to be tuned into the frequency of God to be able to hear that voice in our life. So if we feel distant from God, number one, check where you're at physically. Number two, clear the clutter and noise from your life so that you can actually hear the still small voice. Let's pick up our story in verse 13. It says, so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in the mantle and he went out and he stood in the entrance of the cave and suddenly, Lost my place. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle, and he went out and stood in the entrance of a cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, this is the second time he said it, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant and torn down your altars and killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, go return on your way, the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, anoint Haziel as king over Syria, and you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Mahola, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Haziel, Jehu will kill, and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, every mouth that has not kissed him. My next point is when you feel distant from God, reach out for help. Reach out for help. 
See, Elijah had been fighting alone and he felt alone. However, he was not alone. There were 7,000 in Israel who were with him, who didn't compromise, who loved God. And and just because you feel that way, your perception isn't reality. I need you to hear that. Your feelings might be real to you, but your perception is not always reality. Elijah said, I am alone. I'm alone. There's nobody else who serves you. God said, that's not true. I got 7,000. I got 7,000 people. That's far from being alone. If I'm sitting in a room with 7,000 people, I'm not alone. But he felt alone. It was, it, it was a feeling. And, and you guys can feel a lot, but your feelings can be very deceptive. Nobody understands me. I'll just always be different. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I guess I'll go eat worms. And you may feel like that in your moments of depression. I'm all by myself. But it doesn't mean it's factual. It doesn't mean that it's factual. Guess what? There are people out there who understand you. You think you're the only person in the whole world, in all of history that have ever gone through the things that you've gone through? No, other people have gone through the stuff you've gone through. Other people have experienced hardship and difficult times. A lot of people have experienced a lot more difficult things than you experienced in your life. People understand you. They know where you're coming from. There's people who care about you. There's people who love you. They want to help you, but they can't read your mind. They don't know necessarily what you're feeling at that moment. It's on you to reach out. If you feel lonely, it's it's on you to reach out to somebody else. To say, you know what, I just just don't feel good right now. Just feel that God is distant from me. I feel all alone. I, I feel this and I feel that. But you gotta reach out to somebody who can help you. And God gave Elijah orders to go out and anoint some people. That's what all those crazy names are about. He said, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you some people that you're gonna go and anoint, and they're gonna go finish the job on Ahab and Jezebel. They're gonna finish them off. I'm gonna have you anoint kings like Haziel and Jehu, and I'm gonna give you uh, another uh, prophet that's gonna take your place by the name of Elisha. These are people who would understand your mission and your calling, and they would help you, and they're gonna help you win your war. And at the moment that you start isolating because you are depressed, you're in a downward cycle. When, when you flush the toilet and you start seeing it swirl down and go down in the drain, when you're sitting by yourself isolated, depressed, 
talking about nobody loves me and nobody understands me and and I don't know what I'm going to do and God must hate me and all this stuff. I want you to know that you are in a dangerous spot because you have an enemy named the devil that's a roaring lion that's looking for someone to devour and he's looking for a sheep that's sitting there by itself that kind of has got away from the pack so that he can devour it because when all the sheep are together, the sheep are together, the sheep with the shepherd guess what that lion's not going to come over but let him find the sheep wandering by itself sitting by itself one that's lost that doesn't know where they're going and that's when the lion can come that's why God gave us a community and a body God gave us a church the people to the left and the people to the right of you that's why God put that in place because you're not made to do life on your own you're not made to get things done on your own but we have this kind of independent mentality you know what I don't like asking anybody for help I just always do it on my own I don't want to be a burden to anybody I'll just sit here and suffer by myself. Guess what? That is a form of pride. Because you don't want to tell somebody that, that you, you have in a moment of weakness. You don't want to tell somebody that, that, you, that you're struggling. You don't want to ask somebody to, to pray for you because you're too afraid of, of what it will do to your pride. You need to get rid of that pride because we aren't made to do everything alone. That's why it says that we are a body. Many members, different parts, different functions, we all work together. And when one part of our body hurts, we all hurt. When one part is gone, then then, then that weakens the body. But we're here for one another, and you need to know this. There are people here that are in this room today that can help you. And sometimes you just need somebody to talk to. And sometimes if you just have somebody to talk to and vent to, in time, you know the Lord, you know the truth of God's word. You know those things aren't as bad as what you think they are right now. You know it's just a season. You know the season will pass, but you need that person to come alongside you in that moment. I remember years ago, there was a, a little girl who kind of fell down a well. It was like a big story. It was, and she fell down the well and they had to get the rescue effort to rescue her. Their first priority was just getting somebody down there not to rescue her, just somebody who can go down there and be with her just to talk to her, just so that she knew that she was going to be all right. She was down in a well, she was down at a dark place, but having that person next to her all of a sudden gave her hope that she was going to get out of there, that she wasn't going to freak out, that she wasn't going to give up because she had that person next to her. And once God began to speak to Elijah and tell him, you're not alone. There's 7,000 people out there. And this is what I'm going to have you do. I'm going to have you anoint these people. And they're going to finish the job on Ahab and Jezebel. And Israel's going to be restored. And, And once Elijah found help, he got back in mission. Guess what? Ahab and Jezebel went down. They both died. And Elijah left on a chariot of fire. So despite this dark moment, Elijah was victorious and he accomplished all that God had for him. 
And just because you have a season of doubt, just because you have a a season where you feel distant from God, that doesn't mean that you're not going to accomplish everything that God called you to accomplish. It doesn't mean that you're not going to live a victorious life. It just means that you're normal and that you're human. It's okay to have a rough season, but it's not okay to stay there. Amen? It's okay to have a rough season. It's okay to have a down season. It's okay to have a season where I, I, don't, I don't know if I can do this. I feel empty. I feel weak. It's okay to have that season. It's okay to have that season of doubt. But it's not okay to stay there. Because if you do the things that I've talked about doing today, your dark night of the soul will come to an end because the Bible said that sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 23 says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not camping out in the shadow of death. That's not where I live. I might have to pass through. I might come down off the mountain. I might pass through the valley. It might seem dark and it might seem scary. And I might not feel that God is with me at that moment, but we're not called to go by feelings. And so I just keep walking according to the word. Because the truth is, is that God never leaves you. Jesus said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And the reality of it is, is that even if you feel alone, you've never been alone. One of the characteristics of God is that his presence is everywhere all the time. And you have this this presence of God that, that is actually everywhere. And then you have the indwelling presence of God in the form of the Holy Spirit. And you have the manifest presence of God, which came in Jesus. And many times, a lot of the things we feel, the, when we feel the presence A lot of times we feel that manifest presence of God, but all of a sudden we don't feel that manifest presence of God. And we're like, God, where are you? Your feelings aren't reality. Your perception is not always reality. What is true is God's word. Amen. I think about doubting Thomas. They told, they told him, they said, Jesus rose from the grave. He said, I'm not going to believe it until I see it, until I can stick my, my finger in his nail-scarred hands and the wound in his side. Then all of a sudden, Jesus appears to him. He's like, all right, what's up now? Go ahead. And he said, Thomas, you believe because you've seen. But blessed are those who don't see but believe. And sometimes, Amen. Worship team, if you want to make your way forward. David said, where can I go to escape your presence? If I, if I go up to heaven, you'll be there. If I lay my bed down in Hades, you'll be there. Wherever I go, you'll be there. God is there with you. Keep walking. Keep moving. Don't quit. Keep going forward. Don't give up. Make a phone call to somebody. Change some things in your life. Change some things. You're miserable because you change your job. Change it, whatever you're at. You don't like where you live. Move. Don't quit. Don't give up. 
God has a plan. He has a purpose for you. And if you'll just stand on his word, even when you have those dark nights of the soul, if you say, you know what, I know this is just a season, and I know that I, I just feel that God is away from me, but I know it's a lie of the devil, and I'm not going to let these lies get in my head. I'm going to believe God's word. I'm going to stand on his word. I'm going to get rid of the clutter, and I'm just going to get alone with God because I know that he has me in this season, and I know that what I'm going through, it's not going to last. Amen? Amen. There's one more thing that you can do when you don't feel God's presence. You praise him. You praise him. The Bible says I'll take off the spirit of heaviness so I can put on a garment of praise. When you feel tired like that, when you feel burnout, when you feel done with everything, you know what that is? That's a spirit of heaviness. And it's just weighing you down. And you may not feel like it. You may be like, you know what? I, I, the last thing I feel like right now is my situation. I don't feel like my situation's fair. You know what? You force yourself. You get some music on. If you can sing, you get a guitar. You get alone in your room. You sing your favorite praise song. And you just begin singing it as loud as you can. You lift your hands up and you just begin praising the Lord. And as you begin praising the Lord, that, that heaviness will just begin to break up off of you. And because now it's not about me and it's not about my problems. It's not about my struggle. It's about the Lord. And that's where my power source is. And as I worship, I begin to tap into the power source of heaven. And I begin to join in with the heavenly choirs and the windows of heaven begin to open up and suddenly I don't feel alone anymore and now I begin to feel like I can make it another day so I just want you to stand to your feet right now and I want you to just begin to praise the Lord as we begin singing and if you're here today I'm not trying to embarrass anybody but if you're experiencing one of those times where you feel dry, where you just feel like, I don't know what it is, I just can't reconnect with the Lord in the same way that I used to. I just wanna challenge you just, even if it's just for one song, to just kind of step out to your seats when we're worshiping and just come up to the front and just lift up your hands just say, Lord, I can't take these problems anymore. When I'm standing here, this is how I fight my battles. Right? I got my, what am I doing? I'm, I'm carrying. I'm carrying the burdens. I'm carrying my defeats. I'm carrying my shame. I'm carrying my struggles. But when I raise my hands, guess what? I can't carry them anymore. I'm saying, Lord, I'm giving them to you. I'm giving it all to you. I'm giving it all to you. And either you're going to show up and you're going to change this thing or I'm going to die right now in faith. It doesn't matter. So if that's you or you're here today, as we begin worshiping, I'm just going to, you can just come up to the front and just raise your hands. Raise your hands in a posture of praise. Say, I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I praise you today. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
surrender? Can we surrender it all? 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 Can we surrender it all?
Amen. Could we just all lift our hands to heaven one last time? Thank you, Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And until we meet again, may the blessing and the favor of our Lord Jesus Christ rest upon you and your house. We thank you. We praise you. What a great day. In Jesus' name, amen. Go out and have the best day you ever had. Happy Father's Day. God bless you.
don't sing it, Dre. Hell, hell, I Let the lions roll. Yeah, I see you. I see you.
That's what I'm talking about. <laughs>